welcome to Don't Stand on the Footrest. I'm here with a newer friend, Patrick Ina. Patrick and I met when he came to Rosemont to teach a class on behalf of Aveda back in January of 2022. Patrick is a part of the Aveda North American Artistic Team and the Creative Director of Ladies and Gentlemen Salon in Cleveland, Ohio. Enjoy. Go over your, your start and just your overall career so far with Aveda. Why did you choose Aveda in the first place as a brand to kind of grow with? Um, obviously, being an educator with Aveda and kind of why did you choose Aveda and why did you want to grow with them? You know, so, you know, coming from a hairdressing background, um, my mom's side owns salons in Montreal, Canada. So mm-hmm. I've kind of always been around like the hair world. Like I've always had some sort of weird attraction to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like something that I always had in my mind that I always, that I've wanted to do. And, um, you know, my parents were very like, my mother in general was very like, go, you know, go to college, get your degree and then do yeah. what you want to do after um so I was like yeah I'll I'll do that but while I was in school I was you know cutting hair in the dorm room you know didn't have a license you know doing my thing but I enjoyed it like I enjoyed I've always been a learner right so I've always been someone that like if I see something that I think is cool or that's interesting I want to learn it and I want to figure it out and I want as much information on that as possible and then if I feel like I like it then I'd go all in and if I feel like it's not really that it's not for me. I don't waste my energy on it. I've always been that way. So yep. um, I kind of like w- went to school and then my parents owned a restaurant. So I kind of like worked in the restaurant a lot um, with the idea that I want to be a hairdresser. Like I just wanted to cut hair. I just felt like I saw my uncles doing it. Their lifestyles are amazing, you know, but I had, was in it for the wrong. It was like, I looked at what they did and I was like, oh, they make so much money, right? They drive nice cars, nice houses. This is something that I want to do. They dress really well. I never really thought about what they're actually doing, right? Like they're yeah. cutting hair, they're doing this. It's really cool. I never really thought about it until um, I went to school. I went to the Brown Aveda Institute. Uh, I was like 23 or 24 years old, something around there. So I went a little later, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because I was, I was like kind of like a little more mature. So I was able to, I knew what I wanted, right? I wasn't there just to like, oh, I'll see how this goes. Like, no, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I'm going to take it serious, go to school, do my thing, graduate, go from there. Um, it was just, you know, I heard a lot of good things about the school. So I was like, you know, I never really, um, before that time was pure Veda. I had heard about it. But when I went to school, I, I started realizing like how amazing the product performance of the product was and what they stood behind, yep. how much people they actually help around the world. And it was like really intriguing and I like enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. uh, when I graduated school, I just kind of like looked up to the people that worked around me. Um, you know, some of the people at the salon that were working, educating for Aveda. I, I never really thought education was something I, I wanted to do. It was always just kind of like, I just, I really like, was like, I want to do cool shoots and do all this stuff. And like, you know, and I started realizing that I actually like, you know, being around people and watch people grow. So I just kind of, I moved to Chicago and, worked at our, at our salon there for a couple of years. And while I was there, I, I started educating freelancing kind of, which was hard, you know, cause yeah. you have a lot of big companies and you're just kind of taking what you can, but you said this earlier, you take opportunities, man. You know, like yeah. I did, I taught a class for a product company named El Patron, which is like not known at all. It's huge in the Hispanic community in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And first time ever, it was kind of on stage 
there was like 200 people in this huge auditorium and I had a translator and I had no idea what I was doing. You know, like <laughs> I had no, I had zero, like I was just there demoing, but I also realized that I had to actually talk about what I was doing. Right. And the guy wanted me to also sell product, which I didn't really want to do like at all. I knew nothing about the product I was selling. I didn't really believe in it because yeah. I'm, you know, I had an, I had an Aveda background, but I wasn't tied to Aveda like I am. Like I wasn't on a contract. I wasn't like, I couldn't really, I wasn't like, oh, I, if I teach for somebody else, I can get in trouble, lose my job. I wasn't there. So I couldn't yeah. really do whatever I wanted. So I, while I was teaching, I realized like, I actually really enjoyed doing this. This was, it was like fulfilling. Like I felt really good after, right? Like, it's like, I like got off a roller coaster. It was the weirdest vibe ever. Like it, it just felt so good. So I felt like I just had to pursue it, man. You know, like yeah. I was like, I need to just, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to keep doing what I do and just show up everywhere. I shouldn't be yep. basically. So if there's a, if there's an Aveda hair show, if there's a Congress, if there's somebody educating, I'm just going to go show up there and assist, yep. not ask for anything, yeah. just show my face and just let people like get to know me and just kind of go from there. And that's kind of how it all kind of started like snowballing. And I really started to fall in love with the Aveda culture of the people and there was this like weird thing that like Aveda some cult because everybody wears black and all this stuff. But <laughs> dude, everybody I think in our industry wears black. And there's this weird thing yeah. that like people wear black in the salon to not to take away from the hair, right? So it's not about me, it's about you. I yeah. just wear all black because I just feel like it's easy, man. It's like I don't have to really worry about colors, you know. But I just fell in love with the brand, man. Fell yeah. in love with what you know their mission and, and what it's all about and the, and then, you know, how it all started and the, you know, the creator horse and what he was about. And it was just coming into it later um, was really, I was just all organic dude. Like, and I just don't see myself anywhere else. I'm very content and happy and my cup is never full. Like I always find like when I feel like, okay, I'm getting somewhere, something, usually happens or i need to find some sort of inspiration and i find it to like do something else well where do you, you know, find keep... a lot of inspiration like i know for me i've you know throughout my career there's been times where i have working at a certain place and just uninspired i, I worked in aveda salons in chicago for a long time and i think i slowly through time started to realize um men's grooming was my focus that's where i wanted to be it was more barbering um and less about hair color and women's hair cutting and just the salon environment. Um, but I would get uninspired and then I would just kind of switch spots. And I would love it. I'd be re-inspired. I would take classes. I would do all these things that I knew could do it short-term until I had to make a long-term switch to men's grooming, like specifically. But for you, I mean, I'm always so impressed when it comes to any sort of creative director and editorial stuff, because it, it really like it showcases a level of editorial and kind of avant-garde creativity that I wanted at the beginning of my career and I kind of wanted to take your exact path. Um, and I just, from little circumstances here and there, maybe I got discouraged um, at first trying to you know, do education. I was like 19 and didn't know anything. You know, it's like, I don't, for whatever reason, <laughs> I ended up getting kind of falling out of that um, and kind of taking a slightly different path. What keeps you inspired and what keeps you like, I mean, I, Brendan, I mean, you met when you taught her a class. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
me, me and him have had great conversations about how we're almost not inspired by hair. It's like, we're inspired by like, for me personally, like, especially owning a business, like when I go to like a hotel and like the level of service or a restaurant or a bar, it's, I get more inspired by like those type of things or like architecture or design and clothing and other things. It's not just hair. I think people assume that in our industry, it's like, you're inspired by hair. And it's like, no, you, the people yeah, that I know that create, I like, the best images are usually inspired by other things outside of hair that they translate and bring into. So what are some of those totally. things for you that you kind of, yeah, I've never looked at, like, I don't go through like Instagram and look at other people's haircuts and be like, oh, that's, I want to do that. Yeah. I've never, it's, it's a, you know, before I wanted to do hair, I wanted to be an architect. Yeah. Right. But they're so kind of, I mean, they're, they're very similar, right? Yeah, dude, building I mean, you're, you're building a shape, right? And when you understand, when you, I still don't fully understand it, right? You never fully get it. And I think that the fun is what it. irritates me so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fun I and irritating. I just want to keep trying to figure it out. Yeah, but for me, it's like, it started early in my career. What inspired me was what people said to me that I couldn't do. And that sounds so weird. You know, I just watched a documentary series about Michael Jordan. Yeah. I don't know if you've, you've seen that, right? It was on ESPN. I watched it yeah, during the last COVID dance. And I, yeah, I rewatched it again um, on all my flights because I'm like in the, on a plane, like half of, you know, seems like half of my life these days is on a plane. So I have so much time. So I watch a lot of stuff like that, like a lot of docuseries. And yeah, he said, a lot of people said this about him. And it was like, I'm not comparing myself to Michael Jordan by any means, but it was just interesting because I know a lot of people probably do this and don't realize it. Like, somebody would have said something to me maybe i don't know five years ago like that they never thought would stick and i just like decompartmentalize it and put it somewhere and then sometimes it just like comes up i don't know how or what triggered it would come up and be like i remember when that person told me oh this this and this and yep. it just fires me up i don't know what it is dude about for me and then that kind of grew into the more people i was around that did what I did, the more I've kind of started seeing hair differently. Like I stopped coming into a project. Me, versus me personally, everyone approaches this differently. Some people like prepare a lot. Um, I will, if I'm doing a shoot, look at, you know, different sort of imagery for what I'm thinking at the time. So let's say it's like we had a collection for um, 70s, right? So we all were like really inspired by 70s, not just the hair, but the style, the mm -hmm. fabric, you know, it even got into the depth of how pictures were taken, right? Because you've got to look at photography in the 70s was completely different than it oh, is yeah. now. Everything, everything had some sort of filter on it and it wasn't really put there. It's just how it was shot, right? So even things like that. But for me, it really, dude, it's things like, randomly will like come to me like I don't like know and if I don't if I'm feeling like I'm struggling with finding inspiration I just look at um like I'll see somebody and be like well I like something will pop in my mind like that girl or that guy would look really cool with this haircut and I'll just get them into my into a chair and just start doing what I call hair play mm -hmm. just putting shapes combing hair playing with mannequins, just trying new perspectives on where hair falls on structures on the face, right? It could be like as simple as a sideburn on a pixie that sits at the cheek that can look so subtle when you're looking at it and then you take a picture of it and you're like, whoa, that's actually really dope. And it's yeah. so simple. It's just, it's just a little sideburn that has a point at it, but 
just the way her cheek is and the way her jaw is, the structure just pops. Um, but yeah, inspiration, like it's, dude, it's literally like, I think everyone gets inspired so differently. For me, it's always been just where I am at the time. Honestly, these days it's like, I was just in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And just the environment, the environment there is just so like, it's just so weirdly eerie because you're surrounded by trees and mm-hmm. like supposedly like Sasquatch lives there. Right? <laughs> so nice. that's not something that inspired me. But what inspired me was like, like the way the trees were sitting on a, on the hill, for example, right? Yeah. You kind of start to think about how, how can I depict that on, a, on hair, right? How can I? you know, take a bobby pin and wrap hair around it to give it that feel that it's coming off the head in that form. So you start to break things down. And there's someone that inspires me. There's two people that I look to for that kind of inspiration. That's like one is Ricardo Dennis from Aveda. Um, He's a creative director for Global Haircutting. I mean, the dude is just, does some incredible things, man. You know, like just the way that he like, even like plays with hair before he cuts it. You know, the way he just approaches it is outstanding and then Antoinette it's just incredible to watch her create you see her create things and it's like she had the idea from a leaf and then that leaf turns into this amazing hair right and it's just you look at that but you have to also realize that you're your own artist and everyone is inspired differently but you asked what inspired me and it's just for me it's I hate to say it's like energy from from people you know but it's really like those around me man it's just like i feel like sometimes i i i'm like have like a low tank and i'm like okay i can look at a magazine and see something cool but for me it's it's what's happening around me it's like the anatomy of what's happening around me and how can i portray that in hair hair doesn't really come from my feelings some people say it does like that oh i i was you know in this weird mood so i made this cool hair i don't think of it like that for me it's like I might go into a project with a crazy idea and then I end up doing something completely different because it just never worked on her. You know, it's like, yeah, you just, people inspire me, dude. Yeah. I can have a, a girl in my ch- a chair and I'm like, oh, wow. You know, this Bob looks really cool on her. I have this idea. Then I would straighten it and realize it actually looked really cool when it was wet. Right. And like wavy. So, you know, it's a hard question, dude, honestly, because you probably get a million different answers from different people you talked about. And some people might give you some generic answer, right? Yeah. Well, like it's funny. some generic answer, like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, dude. It's all good. I was just, you know, it was kind of cool that you mentioned about the trees and it's, it's just kind of cool. Like you kind of assume when people talk about hair and architecture, you kind of think of like man-made buildings, right? In that comparison, because um, obviously, from a structural perspective, architecture is obviously very important and safety, <laughs> but then you look at it from a design perspective and all these other things, but you don't really, the trees one was kind of something like, there is so much natural architecture in nature that I never really connected that inspiration with, with hair. But after you said, it, I was like, actually, there's so much more out there. Like it's kind of a narrow view for me to look at or think of the comparison between hair and like just <laughs> architecture and that inspiration between the two just looking at man-made buildings and no, totally especially when i live in colorado of all places <clears> there's like obviously the, the wonders of the rocky mountains and how things are um just naturally formed here but you know it's like no, how it's trees like, sit imagine, on a hill is insane you know no, like totally bro like look at like look at a mountain this is my this might make you look at something completely different look at a mountain and then when you're looking at the mountain imagine like you know what i like 
a head sheet looks like, right? Like, you know, the heads on the head sheet. Oh, yeah. Put, put that head sheet in the middle of that mountain and look what's happening around it. It's kind of trippy, man. Yeah, you kind of start to really think about things differently. Like, there's like square buildings where I live. Yeah. And if you put a head sheet in the middle of that square building, it's a square shape, dude, right? Yeah. You're seeing points of weight. Yeah, it's just, if you start to like look at a leaf and you're my eyes, just a leaf, but at the end of the day, that leaf can translate into a hair section at the top of the head, how the hair falls, right? The point of the leaf is a point of weight. It's just a weird perspective. Um, sometimes that triggers me to do something cool. And then most of the time, honestly, my ideas just come from looking at people. Like yeah. I might just look at someone and be like, oh, dude, she would look so good with this fringe or this, you know, this cool hair piece or, you know, I don't know, man. It's just such a different, there's just so many ways. Everyone looks at it differently. Like I was saying, you might get some crazy generic answer. Yeah. I've heard a million of them. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, that sounds so like you heard that somewhere, right? I've heard that. I'm like, oh, you've heard that. I feel like I've heard that from somebody before. So I think, you know, like just try to stay original, uh, you know? There's a bit of a perspective that I just, I don't have that I would like to get more. I'm just not a photographer. I, you know, I just never got into it and I just left it to my friends and, you know, colleagues that were Dude, much better at it. I'm but, not a photographer. But it's like when you, you were saying earlier, it's like, you know, you're, you're doing this pixie and you're seeing where that, uh, maybe that sideburn lies and seeing it in person, you're like, you see these, like, I mean, hair is geometry, right? And you see a lot of these shapes Sure. and you're like, this shape either accentuates that shape or it pulls a little bit in a good way or a bad way away from that other shape um draws attention away from it or to it and but it's funny because when you see it in an image there's an immediate different perspective even though you're seeing it in a three-dimensional space the moment you take it 2d and you mess around with yeah. aperture and all these other other factors it's pretty wild what you can see and i notice a lot of my friends that are really good at editorial work while they're working through a shoot they see those little things that they just didn't see with a naked eye. And it's almost this like crazy perspective I that I, because I'm not into photography, I struggle with. And maybe if I just did more shoots and, you know, was looking in the yeah. camera as we were shooting, I would see these things. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of a weird phenomenon how a, a, a camera I, in like a moment in time can pick up more about, than your eye. Yeah. You were talking about the camera and it's, you know, what's interesting is when you take a picture of something and you realize it's flat. Yeah. Like in perspective, the picture is flat, right? But you, you're not seeing what you're seeing with your eyes. You're not, camera's not like physically turning the person. You are, when you, when we look at it with a human eye, we're seeing depth a little more than you looking at it in a camera. When you shoot something with a camera, you don't really get right off the bat. Like you'll dimension, you have to build dimension, right? And we get dimension from lighting, shadows, yeah. right? We get shadows, shadows give you feeling. So there's a lot of things that I didn't know anything about this, dude. Like I never thought I would like, <clears throat> I don't consider myself a photographer by any means, but I just got tired of paying people mm -hmm. to do it. And like, I like, I'm a huge, I'm a learner. So I was like, yeah. like, I'm not trying to be like the best photographer in the world here. I'm just trying to, at the end of the day, you can have an $8,000 camera. Your camera is going to look just as good as my Sony a7 on Instagram. Yeah, your phone these days, the third, any of the new phones will shoot just as good as a camera if you're putting it on Instagram. The only thing that you see different is if someone wants to blow it up 
right? And the pixelation in a poster. Yep. Well, I know, you know Andrew does hair, has a ton of videos on that. It's just <laughs> the importance of lighting and depth and creating those things, which are the things that I just don't, I don't have any experience in and don't quite fully, I understand concepts, but I, because I haven't really practiced with it, I haven't, you know, figured out the minute. Do you know what you do, bro? Obviously. You know what you do? You do exactly what I did there. I went on, you, I went on eBay. I bought a Canon Rebel uh, TD. That's like a T6i or something. It was like yeah. 300 bucks, bro. Uh, full kit from this guy. I don't even know. I know nothing about cameras. I just kind of researched what's a good beginner camera, what's something easy to understand, how to use. And I just bought a camera. And I just started taking pictures of people, yeah. like models. And just and learning, you- like, as you go. Like, I just kind of just, you know, I'm grateful that I have a cousin who's an amazing photographer. His name is Halim. And he's a, he's actually a dental surgeon, right? And his passion is photography. So he travels all over the world and shoots raw film. Like he stays in like tents in Africa when, with tribes and just shoots them as portraits with live, like cameras from like the fifties and the sixties. It's pretty cool, dude. That's cool. So, so he kind of, yeah. So just kind of talking to him about it, he just kind of broke things down, like super simple. Like this is what aperture is. This is what shutter speed is, right? You know, this is what, it's going to do, you know, with this, this, and this, this is what the eye of the camera does. And then you just kind of take a picture and be like, okay. And then I would do that. I just kept doing it and then doing it. And then you just kind of, I don't take it that far. If that makes me like, I don't try to do something that is like, not me. Like I just kind of stay where I'm comfortable and just get good there. And then I'll be like, okay, the next step is, well, how can I edit this without making it look fake? So I just stick to skin, right? How can I clean skin up on Photoshop and do it really well, right? So that's kind of like the steps, like cheap camera, work on that, or understand your aperture, understand you know what it's gonna do if the eye of the camera is closed and, and blah, 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 and whatnot. Um, Cause you know what, I'm personally like, me personally, like totally tired of seeing like balayage and foils on an Instagram. I am so, it's just so draining that people like say, oh, I'm a photographer and they have a camera and they just shoot balayage. You're not, a, there's no, there is, I'm sorry. Like I might like people, someone might listen to this and hate me for it. And that's totally fine. But <laughs> I don't no. like look at a picture of a full foil. Right. And be yeah. like, oh, that's so inspiring. No, dude, there's, that's, you just blurred out the back with that. You know, the lower the aperture is the more blurry the background. Obviously. Yeah. So you, you just shot a picture and blurred it, but you're not a photographer. Like you, you understand lighting, you know, everyone, I think at a certain time and what we do understands, I mean, I don't know if you live under a rock that natural lighting is good lighting you know, oh, yeah. for hair color. So if you're taking pictures outside of a blonde, yeah, it's going to look great, man. Anyone can do that. I think what people get good at is they understand how to place hair, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of colorists, a lot of colors, which I respect, understand how to place hair, like how, what angles look good when hair is curled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what makes the picture pop. But can you cut a bob, um, put a shadow behind it and give that picture uh, something that, fe- like, I like giving images feelings. Yeah. That make- like, if you look at some of my content on social media, um, like I, like, like Ricardo captures this so well. You look get a picture and you, you know it gives you something you get something from that picture you can look at it time and time again you're like oh there's just something about it that i can relate to in some way right 
I like that kind of imagery where it's like, whoa, that there's a lot going on here, but it makes sense, right? She's posed, you know, there's a fringe, there's a shadow, there's a bright light on one end. It's like a lot going on, but it somehow makes sense. And I think anyone that wants to try something, you just have to do it, dude. Well, just I think try said, it. Yeah, you said it earlier and it was, it's just kind of like, I just bite off what you can chew at the time, you know? And I think that's yeah, kind of where me totally. personally, like I can say from experience, I bought Sony, it was like an A7 II or something. It's like a crazy sale. It's a little older, but it's a still, it's a sick camera. And me and my buddy Jesse camera, bought them at the man. same time. And I, you know, I started kind of getting into it. And then I didn't have the time to really invest in all the education and getting good at it. And it was like you said, it's, it, you just got to start with one discipline, move past that, get to the next thing. And something like photography is a lot like hair. It's, it's, you're never going to be perfect at it. And that's the, it can get very self-deprecating, but at the same time, very rewarding because there's always something to get better at. There's always something to learn. It's like, I wasn't always great at it, but my problem was I always relied on other people to tell me what they thought was cool that I was doing. Yeah. It took me a while. It took me a while to stop caring what other people thought of what I thought was cool. And I think once you understand that, excuse my language, you don't give a shit what people yeah. think like who cares if you buy a camera and you don't take great pictures that guy that's hating on you is probably not doing that like yeah. they're probably just as afraid and they want to see you fail so they can feel better about themselves and i was like took me a while to realize that that i'm like who cares the only way i'm gonna learn is just to do it dude continuously yeah. do it just take pictures of the same person in different like movement just move her around like i'll take like a hundred pictures of the same person. And sometimes the second flick of the camera is the best picture yeah. after all that work and all that stuff I did. But at the end of the day, I'll go through literally every picture and look at it and say, okay, that's where the light was. That's where she's standing. That's what that picture did. Right. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, you just like, like I said, like, don't do a lot, do a little, and then you just start to build. It's like a snowball. It just ends up now I'm looking at getting a new camera. Right. Cause mm -hmm. I'm, thinking about putting out a new class through Aveda that's going to focus on helping salons create content mm -hmm. and helping their stylists become a little bit more aggressive and confident in taking pictures that are, that have a meaning to them versus like a million. Cause I see so many, I've seen people with amazing work. They do a beautiful work. They just don't take the right picture. I think earlier you uh, mentioned, was it Ricardo, when the way he like shakes hair and just like, I was thinking about that a bit more. And I think when it comes to just kind of like feeling the hair and working with it, um, that was something that like, I saw other people, other stylists, other barbers, other educators do, right? You know, they're shaking through the hair, seeing what they created, what needs to be, you know, what may need a bit more attention here or there, um, detail the shape. And I just shook hair without really understanding why and where. And it took me a long time. As I think it takes a lot of people, you know, some people longer than others, but like it took me a long time to like shake and move hair and really understand what I'm trying to see. You know, you got to start out trying to mimic a little bit here and there. But like you said, you at some point you have to stop giving a shit about what everyone or anyone thinks and just really <clears throat> dial in on your own shit. Because I think 
there was a subconscious switch that flipped in my head when I started feeling through hair and being like, oh shit, this is what I'm supposed to see. This is what I'm feeling for. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to manipulate the hair in a way that will expose a level of flaw when they're styling at home or the way it's worn or if the wind blows it or how these layers are going to, you know, sit and, and, and stay, what structure am I really creating or what am I decompressing and trying to get to, to lay a little bit this way or that way. And it was, you know, I don't know, man, it's all connected. It's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> One I think, way or I think what happens to it is people get so, get so tunnel vision. Oh, totally. Like I've been on, I've been on set with um, like people um, I've shot some work for some students that won the Edwin Neal Award at Aveda for Congress. I shot the image and, you know, like the girl was so zoned into one thing that I was like, just go walk away for like 20 minutes, go outside, go get a coffee and come back and look at it again. And then she did. And then she saw something totally different than what she was looking at. Cause you get so zoned into your idea. Yeah. You come in with this idea that I have to get this look. And sometimes it's, it doesn't work, dude. The, you know, you're working on a human being, bro. You know, it's a funny a story. I actually won the Edwin Neal Award for my school when I went. And then that's awesome. Did the shoot. It was like I did the haircut portion and I did this shoot. And oh God, I mean, looking back on it, it was probably so tacky. And the haircut I did it was probably so goofy. But you're right. And that was just kind of like my first exposure to it and just to like a shoot and all of this. And I I remember feeling like in over my head in like the best way. And it was just sure. it was like, like you said earlier, it was just, you got to take these opportunities. And it was like, I was nervous. I was like, what if I just make a, like I fall on my face, make an ass out of myself. And looking back, I probably did. And it didn't go much further than just my school. I think, cause how does Edwin Neal work? work? It's like all this, you win your school and then you compete against every other school or maybe it's by region. And then sure. like, yeah, I, I forgot what the, yeah. but that's really cool. Yeah, that you I got to shoot. Was it the like the the main winner basically, and then you got to shoot? Yeah, she like I was I didn't even know like so I know that she won, but I didn't. I'm like in, I'm at Congress, you know. I just left back. I was backstage working with Dusty Rhodey at the time, and I came out just to watch the show. And they put the huge picture on the screen. I was like, that's dope. It looks fantastic because you know I edit the skin, mm-hmm. and I work through like I took my time with the editing. I've never touched the hair. I've never in my whole ever of taking pictures or editing anything on my phone have ever messed with hair ever like any of the images I've ever done. I don't, even if there's a hair, maybe if it's like on her face, I'll get rid of it. But if it's like in the hairline, I don't touch it, dude. And this picture was, it was just, it was just really pretty that she did such a good job with it. And I wanted her to like, understand that like her idea coming in was totally different than what she did because she practiced it over and over again. Does that make sense? I've done that before where, in the early stages where I just practiced one thing and I was like, I'm going to do that. And then you do that on that person. It doesn't really work. On that. Might've worked on a mannequin. Right. But um, it was, you know, it's at the end of the day, man, I think everyone has to start somewhere regardless. I mean, you know, like when we were young, we didn't really know how to walk or, I mean, it's a weird, it's, it's kind of like a silly analogy, but it's the same thing. Everything, no talent. You could be so talented at taking pictures, but any, anyone that, works harder than you is going to outwork you at the end of the day in the long run for everything that we do you know what i mean like there's some people that they get really quick crazy recognition and they're you know a one-trick pony or two-trick pony but like you said that hard work man it 
I would much rather throughout the course of my career build the slow long game than try to get this instant success on social media that really at the end of the day means absolutely fucking nothing for the rest of my life you know it's like I don't know I I, that was kind of part of the concept of of Rosemont and some of the other projects I have for the future was like I don't want people to think of Rosemont or any projects that I do and have my name attached that sounds weird I just don't want them to be like Derek Lynch oh this guy it's kind of like oh isn't that project from the same guy that did Rosemont like oh I think so what's that dude's name again oh Derek Lynch oh yeah dude that's cool blah 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 and like you know I don't want to be like completely in the dark no one knows who I am but at the same time it's not I don't want that like household Instagram recognition where it's like oh this dude did this this and this I kind of want the projects to speak for themselves I kind of want businesses and just I don't know I for me that's how you build the smart slow strong game and it's with a lot of hard work behind the scenes and it's it's not flashy and it's it's just I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. It's, it's not trying to chase followers well, yet, and all this shit and trying to get yeah, famous. Dude, I've yet, I've yet to see, and I have always had this weird idea. I've yet to see it as like somebody creating an Instagram with no picture and no name, just a little like weird bio and no one knows who this person is and just putting out crazy work. Yeah. Like that just be so dope. Like if you were just like to make an Instagram and you're like profile picture, just like a black, yeah. Like kind of how Kanye, Kanye has like a black profile picture, and then you just put out crazy like cool hair pictures, and no one knows who this guy is. Like, and it's all your work. There's always been this weird idea I've had. I mean, I probably won't ever do it, but it would be cool if I had the time to just do this. Like, if I had the time to do that many models, just like never tell anybody who it is, no location, just crazy cool hair, and no one gets any recognition for it. Kind of cool, right? That would be sick. Like. You know what I mean? It's crazy. kind of like, yeah, just the antithesis and like, the, I don't know. It's like Banksy. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, right? You know, it's Banksy like Banksy, you know? like, yeah, like, no one knows who this guy is and his stuff is like, oh my, I think that is the, that's a weird concept that I do, that I deal with. Like, I've always been kind of like behind the scenes kind of, I don't really do too much on my stuff. You know, like, I don't, There's if you look through my social media, you really won't get a huge idea of who I really am. Mm-hmm. right there's i always had to say i kind of want to be secretive about some things like my my marriage and like my family yeah and like what i do day to day like i'm not gonna post what i'm eating bro that's not me right yeah. like, but some people it's fine but i always had this little bit of like leave a little bit for the imagination cool. well, i wanted to talk about um kind of why you wanted to become a creative director and just kind of overall like what does that mean what is your daily life like in that role um and how did you kind of get into it you know you said like how I wanted to be become a creative I never really wanted to become a creative director it's just something that just kind of grew you know it just Mm -hmm. kind of transpires on you and like my day-to-day like what I've been doing I haven't really changed from since I started working at the salon I mean I've obviously grew as an artist and as my you know my knowledge and what I do because I take it like I love this what I I, like love what we do it's Mm -hmm. more than just making money it's like a craft you know like I I look at it as an architect would look at building something I've always looked at it as I need to study and I need to get understand what I do through and through right constantly asking myself questions and I think in the beginning um 
those that were in place before me, I kind of learned a lot from them of what not to do in the salon, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like things that kind of, I don't want to say bothered me, but I noticed didn't really go over well with other people like, you know, break room banter. Um, you know, it, when you're in a, in a certain role um, in the salon, you kind of have to keep like some sort of peace, if that makes any sense. Like you can't, someone tell if someone tells you something as as much as you want to run back and tell everybody what everyone's talking about you kind of have to just swallow it and leave it because like yeah. you're so like do it by like just being around that and seeing how like dangerous that was for the culture i kind of early on was like i'm just going to continue just to like inspire the people around me by just working hard you know like bringing bringing models in the salon when people were like why is he doing that or just doing things that like people don't want to do. And I just kept doing it without getting any kind of pat on the back for it. I think that's what started kind of everything. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to say like getting, getting you noticed, but like, you know, the heart people that work hard usually end up getting out yeah. where they want to go. Like, that's just the name of the game. You can't really get anywhere fast by yourself. It, okay. It's going to happen, but it doesn't last, you know, like you can't really go far like by yourself, um, just trying to like make everyone focus on you. So I think my early on focus was not to be a creative director, not to like lead people or not to like be in charge of people. I never looked at it like that. I always looked at it like, just continue to just do what I love to do um, and do it like what I think is cool. Not really worrying about what other people thought of what I did. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like if I did something at the salon that like people were like judgy or like if I cut an afro that was a wig but I thought it looked cool even though it's a wig and at the end of the day I'm like this is cool so I'm just gonna put it on a model yes in my in my chair while clients are around me and just do my thing and at the time it was like you know why is that your focus your focus should be working on clients and making money but at the end of the day I was like that one thing I'm doing might inspire somebody here to want to do something for themselves as well right yeah. so it was always like role, just like what yeah what is a creative director to you guys is it more just editorial work or is it kind of no, management or a little I'm, bit of everything? I'm, dude i'm i'm so i i manage the associates so associates would be like what you would call the assistants we just don't call them assistants anymore mm -hmm. just because it's not really i don't know it's not really like uplifting when you call someone an assistant yeah. right it's like mm -hmm. so there are so i'm basically in charge of them their education um where they want to go with their career any questions that they have in the salon and other stylists as well. If there's any, I'm basically like the point man, yeah. for example, the new Aveda color line, the new Aveda color line is coming out. I've studied that, you know, to the T to where if there's any questions that arise in the salon, I'm the kind of go to, I I'm kind of like the one that's always just doing hair. Um, if yeah. the toilets get clogged, dude, I'm in there plunging it. I mean, I do everything. Yeah. For management, uh, no, like clean education lead. Dude, it's, it. it's, you are you are you are set in place as the eyes for the owners and yeah. as well as the ears um you're i'm not a wouldn't call i'm not a snitch i if i see a problem i try to find a solution before i have to go to anybody yeah if that makes sense so basically like taking over a little bit for them taking the weight off their shoulder mm -hmm. but i'm not writing the books i'm not you know doing the day-to-day -day kind of thing yeah. i'm basically in charge of what's happening in the salon live at the time and then also working on content for the salon trying yeah. to figure out new ways to uh you know stay to, for advertisements 
So it's basically like you're, you're doing everything. I know the creative director it sounds cool. You know, the term sounds like you're going to be like jet setting and doing models. It's everything I do is still on me. Right. Yeah. It's just, I just have people now look at me and I have a certain standard that I feel like I need to continue to, to go to work by. Yeah. Dress. Like you're, in, you're kind of an inspiration point. You know, it's when yeah. younger styles yep. are coming up they look to you for obviously education and inspiration. And when you're doing these editorial shoots, showing, you know, showcase, showcasing things are a bit more avant-garde and kind of where the creativity can take you, you know, it's like I said, it's kind of more an inspiration point to people. Um, so that's great. I mean, it sounds like there's obviously creative director to me can, it can, to anybody can mean a million different things. Right. And so I was kind of curious to yeah. see, in your role specifically, kind of, kind of what? You no, know, it's interesting because you kind of look at other creative directors from other, like businesses and other types. You know, pretty similar to what we do. Like um, some of the guys in fashion, like Oliver from, um, oh my God, how can I think of the name right now? It's not Balenciaga. It's the, it's the other one. Um, Why can't I think right now? Sorry. Um, he's a creative director for a huge fashion line, right? Um, and you just look at how he does things, right? And, and you see him on Instagram and you've, there's a couple of documentaries series about him because he is one of the youngest creative directors. Um, oh, he's from Balmain, Balmain. Mm. Um, he's one of the youngest, youngest guys doing it, you know, in those big, huge fashion markets. And it, you watch stuff about him and you listen to podcasts with him about him and what he's doing. It's just like, he's constantly creating clothes, right? Yeah for all the cool you see and all the stuff that you see and how he dresses and, you know, all the celebrities that hang out with him, this guy every day is creating clothes. Like he's even on holidays, he's just working, you know, he has to outwork everybody around him. So it's kind of like what we do, what I do. It's even though I'm traveling, I go to work on Tuesday, mm -hmm. no matter how late I get home on Wednesday. Right. I come into work and I do my thing dressed, you know, dressed to the T. I, I, I try to keep a certain standard with cleanliness. I mean, I just try to set that standard of how what everyone should be doing. Yep. If that makes sense. Yep. Right. And that's, I think, the main goal of everyone that's, you know, at that level in their whatever they're doing, whether you're an owner, you're, you're some sort of leader, it doesn't matter what level you are in a salon. I mean, you could be at the lowest level, you have to remember, there's somebody under you trying to get past you. Yep. So you're always, someone's always looking up to you. There's always somebody looking up to you. So it's, uh, it's just the higher you get, the more eyes on you, right? So I think oh, that's totally. just the, you know, you and the more pressure. Back, you know? Yeah, dude, 100%. It's it's a huge thing, lead by example. It's it's huge. And sometimes you slip up, right? Sometimes oh, yeah. there are, it's not always perfect, man. Sometimes you do things, you're like, ah, I could have approached that wrong, right? I think and, it's good um, for people to see that, though, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, totally. I've, I've had a couple of, of those situations where I've had to, like, you know, kind of self- you know, like reflect on it and be like, okay, how could I approach that differently? And if you grow from it and you understand why you were wrong, then you're a better person for it. But it's, yeah, there's a huge lesson that an alone. Issue. You know, yeah, people dude, look up to you, they sure. see you make a mistake or, or do something not quite perfect. And they're like, it, it just humanizes you and it makes them understand what you may have learned sure. from the situation. No, there's something totally. to learn for them as well. And it's, it's, it's also an interesting perspective when it happens again. And people have seen you in that situation before and they try to, they watch how you're going to react yep. this time, right? Are you going to fall back? It's kind of like if anybody has issues with alcohol or drugs or anything, 
Yeah. Right. If you tell someone I'm not going to do it anymore and then somebody gives you a beer and you say, I'm not drinking people that love you around you are going to watch you and say, how is he going to react to the situation? Right. So I think it's just, it's all growth, man. Everything yeah. we do is growth to be honest, but yeah, There's a lesson in in everything, is, man. it's like you said, just totally. the reaction of how you're going to react and how you handle it is, you know, if someone's looking up to you and like one day, I want to be creative director of a salon. It's like, how did Patrick handle this? It's like, Oh, okay. That whether yeah. it was good or bad, you know what I mean? Whether they agree with I mean, I get, how you did or disagree yeah. with it, it's, there is always something to learn from every situation. It's just how much you look into it, how much you pay attention and how much passion yeah. you have. I get, you know, I get asked that a lot. Like what you, what you said, what you asked me, I get asked a lot. Like, how did you get there? You know, in that time and, you know, almost, like, it's been almost 11 years. So it's really not that long. Yeah, but, you know, when you look at it, people are like, oh, you've only been doing it for 10 years. Well, I'm not only been doing it for 10 years. I've done it at a certain level for 10 years. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I've pushed yeah. since I started to like, when I first started, I saw what everybody was using tool wise that I had looked at as like inspiration. I was like, all right, I need to get this stuff because it made me feel confident. Right. So it started early and I like kind of just kind of just blew up from there. I just kind of just kept pushing from there and I never really thought about where I should be I was just like I'm just gonna keep going and let things just happen on their own organically versus forcing I think that's important and where yeah. you want to go in your career in your salon if you want to grow it's not about telling people what you want to do you have to just show it's, it's definitely we're in a business of show what are you what can you do versus all oh, this is what I can do let me tell you nobody cares right like for, like, for you like you're yeah go ahead sorry bro oh no no finish what you're gonna say sorry no like you know like if you're a salon owner right mm -hmm. you have somebody that approaches you with an idea you might give it like maybe a couple seconds if it's something that you think is reasonably could happen right and then they're like, like i'm gonna do this and we'll see and then you just watch are they gonna do it and if they do it you're like okay if i have something that comes up next time i'm gonna come to this person right yep that's kind of how it goes. Like if it works out well, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep coming to this. And that's kind of how it was for me. It was like slowly just people would ask me to do things and I would do it. And then I just kept building from there. And I think that's important that that's how I, I it's just like, you know, building your clientele in the salon, you know, you do good work, you get busy. You just got to chip away Same at with it. You know, everything. I see a lot yeah, of people dude. just, you know, Trying is this one little thing going to make a big difference for me? And I'm like, what, what is your definition of make a difference? I mean, on any scale, you try to seize any opportunity that comes your way and give it 110%. Whether you see an immediate return on it or not, it will come back and it will help you grow. And it's, that's how you get into positions where you're in today is like, you need to take those little opportunities and prove yourself in any situation, always be present, always be ready to take, you know, any opportunity. And I just, I don't know, these days I, I see a lot of people like the effort to reward, you know, the risk to reward almost. They're like, eh, well, is that really going to do anything? I'm like, yes, you put the energy out there, whether you get immediate yeah, feedback totally. from that or not, it comes back. You put that effort out there and the universe is strange, but it always seems to come back and it always seems totally, to reward dude. you for hard work. Like you said it earlier, it's just- I mean, totally. The harder you work, the more it comes back just naturally. What was kind of the process of gaining your title 
as an Aveda educator, what, you know, what did, what did you have to do? What did that process look like? And kind of go over what your title is and what you do on the education front with Aveda. Yeah. So I'm on the North American artistic team for Aveda. Um, it's a small team of us and we uh, represent the country. What we do is we, we curate curriculums. So we, you know, we meet a couple of times a year and we curate curriculum. So basically what separates us from, you know, say a professional, which is also an amazing um, attribute to be uh, with, with Aveda is that we teach our own, we teach our own curriculums. Like I have my own personal classes, my own content that I create and teach. I'm not kind of in a box. Um, Aveda, the Aveda classes are amazing, right? But I can kind of do my own thing um, and create my own curriculum. So it was like, you know, it was in, well, I want to say October in 2017, they had an Aveda jam in Cleveland and my salon owner asked me if I wanted to go, you know, cut a model on stage. Uh, Janelle Giesen was here. Uh, a couple, Van Michael was here. Um, a couple people were here from the Aveda Education Global, you know, the, like the like the head honchos were here. I don't want to name drop, you know, but um, <laughs> they were here. So I was like, you know what? In my mind, I was like, this is basically like an it could be. oh yeah if you go in if you go into it with that mindset and if this it wasn't like i even told my wife like this is not like fruity tootie i'm gonna go play around and just like oh i'm so happy to be here i'm like this could change my life this yeah. could change everything there's so many people here that are at the end of the day they're looking also looking for talent man you know it's a company that's continuing to grow right what a terrifying interview so, it's like you're doing that yeah, dude. These, like highly regarded people and then on top of that you have an entire room staring at you watching you yeah i mean it was a i can't think of another interview event. that i've sat in on and not only am i talking to one person but then i have like three people in the background and then i have like a peanut gallery behind them all just staring at yeah. me listening to every like exactly i can't even imagine <laughs> like live live model you have all these people from different salons here watching hair cutting on stage and then you have people in the background who are also here but they're not they're also here to hang out but they're also just it, I looked at it like they're here like looking who's who's you know who can we recruit like I didn't know if that was really happening but that's how I took it yeah. so I took it very serious like you know I got on stage you know Janelle reached over and put the mic to talk I took it from her I didn't do it purposefully I just that was just natural like you know what I'm like I'm just gonna do my thing man I did a bald fade on stage with no guards I mean that's like the hardest thing you can do I mean you know you're a barber yeah no guards freehand something like that and it'd be clean i mean that's scary bro like yeah know? especially if you've never cut their hair before it's like yeah and i even like foiled it i went back with the foil that's how close i got i mean i was like not messing around out there you know it wasn't the, the it wasn't like my greatest all-time work but from where the perspective of people were watching me it looked pretty like it was i did my thing man and then i got off stage and they i was approached by a couple people and they're like dude who are you you know nice. where have you been that was awesome. So at the time I wasn't like, Oh my God, this is happening. I like, you know, it was like, okay, I made, I did some networking and then a couple months went by, I got an email and then we went from there. I mean, I got to hang out with Dusty Rohde. I was going to come on as a guest artist for Aveda, which was like, it was just like, everything happened so fast, but I felt like, I don't want to say I deserved it, but I felt like I worked so hard that I was yeah. like, I felt good to get noticed. Right. Like whether yeah. it went well or not, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I know that what I've done, what I have been doing, I'm doing it. It's happening the right way. I didn't force any of this. This is all organically happening. Um, it's not happening. Like, so I got to figure out how to sort it out. And then, you know, they had auditions 
they had auditions in um, North America. So we had to make a YouTube video when they announced the teams that they were creating. This is all new. You know, North American team was a new thing that they created to represent North America because the global team was, you know, all over the place. They're going all over the world and they have to focus on the United States too. So it was a lot. So they decided to make another team. So they had auditions and I just right place, the right time, dude, kind of stars aligned. And I auditioned, made the YouTube audition, uh, took it serious, hired a videographer and rented a space, a studio, like, you know, went all out and, mm-hmm. um, made the audition. So went to, went to Minneapolis and had to audition again, you know? So, and I wasn't the greatest educator, you know, I was auditioning with people that have been educating for Aveda for 10 plus years. Right. So they had the terminology. They understood how to create classes because there's a way to approach it. You know, you have to approach it. You know, I really didn't understand that. So at the end of the day, man, I was just myself. You know, there were people there that might've been a little more outgoing than me. Right. But I just did my thing, did good hair and just bet I was myself. And at the end of the day, that paid off. Yeah. Through the all whole that process. hard work throughout however many years do it all dude just yeah you, know. you never, never know when changed, you're gonna call on those you know, things no man like you said you said it way earlier you said opportunities come and or you can't take that opportunity and i did i jumped on it like yep. instantly and i heard during that time i heard the people that i knew that were telling me like you know oh that happens all the time right you're just a good looking guy they're just talking to you don't worry it happens all the time seriously bro i'm not gonna like i'm not name dropping that happened, bro. Like people are, I thought were like, you know, in my circle were like, tell me stuff like that. And I was like, all right. That was just like fuel, dude. You know, that was like, you know, like I worked hard for this. It doesn't yeah. matter what I look like, you know, or my personality is. I just, I literally put work into this. So if it works out, it's because of that. I truly believe that. Not because yeah. I have a nice beard. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, to be honest, bro, like there's a lot of better looking people out there than me. I, I am not a model over here. So it wasn't like, you know, I'm not. I was just like being myself. And I, been myself since day one so if anything anyone that listens to this whole podcast just be yourself dude everything you do through and through just do your thing eventually someone's gonna notice it's gonna pay off it does be yourself work hard being genuine like you said a minute ago i mean it sounds like that was kind of maybe a slight upper hand that you had than some of the other people sometimes you know, they go into these opportunities Authentic, and they're, they're trying so hard to be what Aveda might want or what they think that these global, you know, the global team wants or, and, you know, I get that, but more times than not, they want organic energy and they want, they want you to bring yourself to that role. Right. And if oh, you're dude, totally, you know, it's like, do we want to hire somebody that's going to create a, you know, a curriculum based on what they think we want from them or do we want someone to create a curriculum because it's a new fresh take and it's truly their organic idea that's why they hire somebody is to get their genuine kind of input and idea and so i don't know i i think being genuine is probably you know for better or worse just be yourself just do do you and do to the best of your ability and call on all the lessons you've learned throughout your entire career all those little things you did, all those times you humbly just sat around and swept, you know, whoever you were apprenticing and did all the, like the little things that you didn't want to do. It's like all of that stuff builds character for when you need to call on it and when you need to be genuine and when you need to, you know, you yeah. know, you need to either I mean, shut we've up. We've all watched, 
Yeah, dude. I mean, we've all watched dating shows, the reality TV. I don't care who you are. You've seen something, right? They like get married and it's like the real person comes out and they're like, yeah, this person's weird. I don't want to marry this person anymore. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how everything is, dude. You know, like even in a business, you hire someone, if they could have put a front on in an interview and then you hire them, you're like, who are you? Who is yeah. this person? Oh, I know. You don't want to do that. That's not, that's not a good approach. Just be yourself. And if it doesn't work out, it's probably not meant for you. That's probably good that it didn't work out sometimes. There's been a lot of stuff like that for me too, where the opportunities came. I didn't just eat from every table, dude. You know, yeah. sometimes I was like, this is, these guys, it's, it's not for me. They don't, it doesn't, I don't feel comfortable with yeah. who I'm with now with Aveda. I, they're like, it's like family, dude. Like from the highest up to the, to everybody, I feel like I belong and I found my niche and I'm very happy. Right. I'm never comfortable. Like, I feel like there's so much room to grow that I don't feel like, oh, what am I doing? This is like so blase, blase all the time. No, it's like, I have room to grow. That's constantly. the beautiful balance of, of hair. And I mean, obviously all of the different routes you can take within it is there's so much so do, man, uncomfortable you know? and yet so comfortable, right? It's, it's, you never want to be too comfortable because then you get complacent and then you never want to be too uncomfortable to where you're just miserable every day. But there's yeah. that, dude, you got to have both, man. It's the yin and the yang. It's like, you can't, you got to find it. You yeah. Gotta find that switch, dude. You need to be pushed. Yeah, you need I know be, you have it. Yeah. Like yeah. you need to totally. be humbled. You need to be like, you need something to kind of strive for. And at the same time, you need goals that you can actually achieve. Some might take a little longer, might be a little harder. Right. But yeah. I mean, every day, man, just like that next little peak. And then the peak after that. And then finally, next thing, you know, you climb this huge ass mountain, you know, over the course of however long. And you're just like, never thought you'd ever make it, you know, just. Have you ever seen that? Um, there's like a, it's like, I don't know what's a meme or a gif or some analogy i gotta find it it's pretty i have been wanting to i can't find anywhere now i saw someone it's like a guy he's pushing a rock up a mountain you ever seen that he's like oh, pushing yeah, it yeah. off yeah. he gets up the mountain and he like takes a break and then he looks up and there's, an, there's the next step push up that's just constantly how i look at it man it's yeah. like you get up you you've got where you want to go for a little bit you feel good grow there you know do your thing and then once you get to a point where you're like okay i'm ready what's next and then you push next and if sometimes you have trouble finding what you want to do next there are you know find people around you that'll help you push you talk to them you know where do you where do you what's what's next for me you know if you have a you work in a salon your owner be like what you know where do you see me where do i fit where can i go people will give you that and sometimes we need that whether you believe what they're telling you is true or not it's it's there man you know you like there are ask. goals that i have like yeah, nobody dude, no one it doesn't no. hurt like being an owner, I can say from experience as much as, and as the shop has grown and been around, I, that was always my big intent is to always be barber first, employee first, like focus on them, focus on their growth, make sure that they can accomplish whatever they want at their time in Rosemont. And then, and then after, how can I help assist them to kind of get to the next stage? What, what do they want out of their career long-term? And we really don't hire people that are just kind of like, oh man, I just want to like go here and go home. That's, and there's nothing wrong with that, but no, what, there's, there's do, a you want open, totally. do you want to open a, like, a, like a barber school one day? Do you want to open your own barbershop or salon? Do you want to do education? Do you want to uh, start Anything. your own product line? Like what do people want yeah. to do? Whether there is you know, something. Yeah. And Brennan even has talked about opening other, like a, yeah, a business dude. that is totally unrelated to hair, but he yeah. 
has told me, he's like, I kind of see these things that you do and as a source of inspiration and how I can kind of take some of these things into me with that one day. And it's, you know, Rosemont's always try to be, you know, that kind of stepping stone for the next, for the next step. So I have to tell you guys, man, I've, when I got home from, when I got home, just quickly break, when I got home from Denver, I told my wife, like, if everything goes sideways, I'm going to work at this barbershop. This <laughs> Please do. <laughs> We'd love to have Dude, you. you guys. I had, I had so much fun with you guys, man. We had, I had like, seriously, like that was awesome. I had a blast. I appreciate like, that. School, but, yeah, we have a great team, um, but a lot of times as I get away, sometimes I get distracted from like checking in on people and like really trying to kind of see what they need next. And it's, it's, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, you always just have to ask, like ask, you can't totally. expect as much as, you know, a great employer should check in on you and do, you know, quarterly reviews and this and that sometimes, especially if you're a sole owner, it's very difficult to keep everything so perfectly organized down to a T. There's always a million different things going on, fires to be put out. If you just ask, which is something that sounds like you did and something that I did, I, when I wasn't getting the intention that I needed and I wanted somebody to kind of not yell at me, but like set me straight or, or tell me like, Hey, I see you kind of deterring from this path. We need you to get back on. And I need you to focus on these things. I always want to do that. I always want to be my yeah. best. And I always want to be the best employee yeah. that I can be. I wanted to be the best everything, but I, so then I would just sit them down and be like, yo, when can we sit down for a meeting? And then I would ask them almost like a reverse sure. interview, you know? And it was just kind of like, what do you see? Do in me? What do I need to do? And, you know, I think a lot of people just get complacent and forget to ask their employer or the shop owner, salon owner, whoever, management, creative directors, whoever it may be that's above them. They kind of just forget to ask and that, I don't know. It's, you, you can't sit back and wait for people to come to you. You have to go take it. You have to go ask them. You have to push yourself because they might push you a little bit, but no one can push you harder than you can push no, yourself. It's you know all out I mean? there, bro. It's all, it's all there. You just got to go get it, dude. My last question for you is what I'm going to ask everybody on this podcast. What is your most embarrassing or just one embarrassing moment in the hair industry? Everyone's got one. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say in, in life. Oh, and I have, I have, yeah. The, the one for me in the hair industry was uh, when I first started, I um, was talking to, I, I was on the floor, you know, had, I thought I knew everything. That's usually how it goes, right? You just come on the floor. I love floor, that you had like, this story, like, like locked and loaded. Oh, like, you had no idea I was going to ask you this. And you were just oh, like, boom, I remember it. <laughs> uh dude because it sticks out so i learned so much from that right like, totally. i grew so much you know, speaking of humility you know what in. i mean we all we all have yeah. that story this girl, this girl came in she was a bleach retouch for um someone that was on um she was on like leave she had a baby so i was doing her client it was just a you know at the time just a bleach retouch with a tone right mm -hmm. and the toner was uh at the time violet blue with zero n right at the end so i was at the color station mixing color and at the time i was single you know this guy man i don't know what i thought i was at the time like flirting with all the girls right yeah. always some sort of flirt thing going on back in the day so i'm like you know not paying attention to the color i put the toner on go in the break room sit back in the break room kind of again talking not paying attention go back to the shampoo bowl. her hair is green bro oh green. God. like sewage green her hair was white man you know how hard it is to get white hair it's hard yeah stay white i grabbed blue green dark blue green oh, instead shit. of violet blue yeah bro and i put it on her head and i literally explicitly oh when i saw that standing behind her felt like my stomach was coming out <laughs> like i thought 
Oh. I was about to have straight up, you know, wet. Like I was my <laughs> bubble guts, bro. I felt like my heart was. I started sweating, oh and, and then God. she lost. She lost it on me. It was a bad. It was just a, probably the worst you can get at that time. Oh, and then, the, you know, and then I had to kind of stay a week later and assist the person that fixed it and hand her foils next to the person's hair that I ruined, right? And yeah. not hold it and 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 be you know humble and yeah. good and talk. And I learned a lot, dude. I learned a yeah, lot. Of, yeah. I learned like, okay, now when I mix color, I don't put it back. I leave it in front of me until I'm done. And then I will stay there until it starts oxidizing. I mean, there's a lot of things I learned from that moment that have really pushed me through a lot. And it was a lot of it was like humility. Like, I know I made a mistake. You know, I told her I made a mistake. I acknowledged the mistake I made. And I had to stand with her the whole time she got it fixed. So I didn't hide in the break room. I didn't like ignore the fact that I effed up huge. You know, and it took her a couple of times to get that out, but it got out eventually and it looks great. And I still, she still comes to our salon this day, right? Nice. So at the end of the day, it's, it's totally, bro, like that has, if that didn't happen, it probably would have happened eventually, right? So I'm glad it happened when it did. I grew from it, but yeah, that one. You for it, you, have, think, you know, it's, yeah. But bro, it was more like the point that I, it was all, I didn't blame her or like, you know, anybody else. I totally effed up. Yeah. Totally wasn't paying attention. Totally. 100% my fault, you know? So it sucked, dude, at the time, you know? I'm not afraid of it. You know, sometimes we got to make mistakes to learn from them, dude. That's the biggest thing. And honestly, do, right? sometimes these big, big royal mistakes. I mean, I, I have shit. I even had, it's probably for another day, but I had one of the, my most embarrassing moments in the industry, like a month ago. And it's, it's shocking because I thought of this question to ask everybody at the end of the podcast. And because I remember mine, it was, I think I was into cutting hair probably four years and ironically, it was with uh, a male client. And, you know, from then until just a month ago, there was like nothing really that I could really count on as being this like mortifying, like just horrible experience. Um, until like last month when I, everyone calls me Van Gogh now because I cut this dude's ear and I've never cut anybody in my life. Oh, I did that. Dude, I did that. I gave someone five stitches on their ear with my texturizing shoes Fuck. too. But, dude, yeah. yeah so it, like, it still it happens. Like the thing is like, old. It, oh, like yeah. this no just happened to me and i will say though that everyone complimented me that oh, the only one that knew anything happened was izzy because his station's right next to mine and everyone's like wait what happened how did we not hear about it? how do we not know and i'm like bro because kept i kept cool dude i kept my cool and i was like how terrible does this look in front of a, a shop full of, of clients if the owners did this so i'm like trying to i was super low-key i don't i don't think a single client I, obviously none of the other barbers knew our manager didn't know nobody knew and uh and luckily it was on one of my really great guests ryan and he is a he's so awesome i remember messaging him the it next happens, day you know? and i was yeah, like, happens, he's like oh man it wasn't as bad as i thought it was all good dude don't worry about it he's like i've been coming to you for years man a little i forgot how he worded it but yeah, he's yeah. like he's like a little skin loss ain't gonna hurt this relationship and i was like <laughs> but again loss. that you know that was like this this moment of um humility that i it just made me realize like dude Everyone that sits in my chair deserves a hundred percent of me a hundred percent of the time. And that's, yeah, that's always been my sure. view. That will always be my view that it's a meeting, right? Like that's, yeah. if you're going to show up to the meeting, you have to give it everything you have. And there's days where we don't have a hundred percent in the tank, but like you really need to 
give it as 100% as you possibly can that day into every service. And that is exhausting mentally, physically, and emotionally. But that's what we signed up for doing this, right? That's why, you know, if we want to charge $15 for a haircut and do it at, you know, I'm not going to mention some huge chain. Yeah, maybe you don't need to give 100%. But with the prices that we charge, the places that we work or own, that's what we signed up for. And that's why our clients come to us. And so it was, it was one of those things where it was like almost this client appreciation moment in my head where I was like, dude, this guy has been coming to me for so long, really since he and I both moved to Denver. And uh, yeah, as embarrassing and just, it was, God, it was a horrible day for the rest of the day. I didn't want to cut hair anymore. I was like, I want to retire. I'm over this. I'm done. Oh, yeah, I feel you. But, but, but then, you know, the next day exactly. you wake up and you're like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm, I'm yeah, going to go can't. into the rest of the day and I'm going to. Things happen, bro. Things happen. What are you going to do? You just got to get through it. Just get oh, through it. And the day, you know, the sun comes up the next day. Always, right? Sunsets comes up. Yep. So Well, and then it helped that uh, my good friend Aaron reminded me of a person that we used to work with who cut an entire dude's earlobe off or maybe yeah, not the whole sucks. fucking thing but it was like <laughs> oh, but yeah. he's like well at least it wasn't that and i was like i love you yeah, that's true <laughs> yeah, that's not that bad yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like eh, a little blood whatever but Could have been uh, worse yeah but yeah man thanks for uh coming on and and having a good chat um hopefully you come back through denver soon Give yeah man for plan. sure thanks uh i was um no not yeah i do but nothing in denver i was just i was just out there with you guys i'll be i, I fly through there a lot though but oh, hopefully yeah. back in the summer i'll be out there somewhere and then when when i do trust me bro you'll be hearing from me nice. go get some sushi dude oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> all right man i appreciate you and uh you know i hope you guys um hope whoever you know you guys listen you get some good just a little bit of insight from here you know yeah. um just kept it real with you guys and i think that's like the most important part just keep it real yourself and who you are. Don't try to be somebody you're not, man. Not you, but in general, whoever listens to this, do yeah. your thing.